0: throughout the years that i have been sharing the messages of christ sometimes god has a special affirmation for me it's about three months ago the lord was impressing me to speak on why our prayers are not answered i was really wrestling with that because he gave me some pretty tough things to say hard things and uh all day long, it was, when I say God, I heard the voice of God. I'm not speaking of a verbal voice, but I, uh, I'm speaking of a strong impression. It's kind of like a shout. But in this time, as I was thinking about this, should I do this or not, there was a door. Knock on the door. I went to the door. Now, my message was to be why God is not answering our prayers and I didn't identify her at first but she'd come here a number of years ago and then when I recognized her she told me who she was I invited her in and the first thing she said I want to know why God has not answered my prayers I said thank you Jesus for the affirmation and I told her just come to church next week and you'll hear the, you'll hear the message on that. I will speak in the next week. I remember there's a very controversial subject one time in the church and specifically in our church. And, uh, I didn't know where to speak on that or not. And the Lord just kept impressing me this is what I should do. And I went to church the week before that I was scheduled to speak and uh, a senior citizen not as old as I am today but he came up to me and he had a book in his hand and said when you speak on this or uh, said you need to read this book I knew everything was in that book again another affirmation and and again I think this is one of those special times this is something you've heard me say so many times that that every day of our life we give out medicine or we give out poison joe asked me she called me she asked me what i was speaking on and i told her i was speaking on the power of the spoken word and she said why that i was talking to her she happened to happen to look on the table now she didn't send to get these tapes it's one of the ministries that she supports and they had just sent them to her she didn't even know what they were to i had given her my uh, the topic and she said glenn right in front of my eyes here is a set of tapes the power of the spoken word and of course she brought them right over to me another affirmation especially on things that god wants us to know and understand today The title of our message is The Value of Spoken Words. Our message is found in Proverbs 18. And let us read uh, verse uh, 21. Let's start at verse 20. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's belly shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, with the increase of his lips, shall he be satisfied. To paraphrase that, the quality of your life is dependent on the words you speak to some degree. That's what that text is trying to tell us. And in verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life for in the power of the tongue. If that verse, that phrase was not in the scripture, I would not believe that our words were that were that important. And then throughout the Bible, throughout God's word, you find that. You find the same thing it tells us how important it is what comes out of our mouth. And when you think about it, everything that God created, He created it by speaking, by the Word. In Genesis chapter 1, God said, and it was so. And then God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. You will never find, you will never find that God waved his hands, that was not the way he created. He created by, the, by speaking, by his word. And we are made in the image of God. And in the area of our speaking, that has a creative force, or either life or death, life or death in our lives, the words that we speak. Now, this truth from Scripture has been distorted so many times as God's Word is distorted. The devil will always try to distort God's Word, and he does it, and every opportunity he gets. Now, the tapes that Joyce shared with me, I I found some good stuff in them. The... Subject that I was talking on was in there, the scripture. He was using the same scripture I had planned on using. But I loved, I loved uh, a parable that he told. I'm going to use that today. So there was a man one time that was walking across America. And he discovered a big hole in the ground. And he built a hotel and a restaurant And a gift shop. You have to have a gift shop. And he sent out brochures. Come and see the big hole in the ground. No one came. And he. His wife said. I think it's in the name. So the name. It really doesn't describe it that well. She said. I would call it the Grand Canyon. And as you know. It was successful. And one day. He was standing on the rim of a canyon, the canyon, and he overheard a visitor say, I don't think it's so grand. I don't think it's that grand. And that really, uh, offended him that this man did not see the beauty and the awesomeness of the canyon as he's seen it. So when he spoke, uh, Unknowingly or unconsciously, he would begin to exaggerate a little bit. And he never really left there. He never seen the Rockies. He never seen, uh, the Redwoods. He never seen the ocean. He never seen Big South Fork National River. And the sad thing, he never left there. But I hope you see, you will see the Spiritual significance of this, of this little parable. It, uh, we're all on a journey. We're on a Christian journey since we have accepted Jesus and we, uh, we think that we have, sometimes we have discovered something. That's already, it's always there. God's Word has always been there. And this happens with, with truth. So let me take for instance, a man reads in the Bible that his, uh, uh, that God heals, can heal the sick body. And he begins talking about it. He begins talking about it and he, and, uh, uh, preaching on it and teaching on it and he gets some hot water. So he, has a good heart. He doesn't want people to suffer the way that he suffered. So he goes ahead and he starts to exaggerate. He starts to exaggerate some and, uh, and it, it takes away from the truth. Even though the 95% of what he was saying was true, the other 5% are some people that would not want to listen to the 95% because they couldn't trust in it. About three weeks ago, I think it was, my sister Shirley uh, had Joyce and I over at dinner, and uh, our cousin showed up, and she was telling us, this pastor, she said, I, I've listened to him the way she talks so many years, and, and the other day he said something that I de- absolutely did not agree with. And she said, no, I, I don't want to hear him anymore. And, and that's, that is what happens with the truth. About the word there is truth that God restores. That the quality of our life is dependent on the words you speak. And let me make a clear statement here. I'm not saying that we should try to get trying to get god in agreement with our words i'm talking about how important it is that we get our words in agreement with god's word what god is saying in proverbs 18:21 what god is saying are you agreeing with life or are you agreeing with death are you releasing by the words of your mouth are you releasing poison Or are you releasing medicine? Today's message is the value of our words. Number one, I want you to understand I want to make this clear that the first thing I want to make clear that we are connected to God by words. By words. This is shocking for many people, but we're going to show you in scripture. It's by words that we are connected with God. Words are when God comes from the spiritual realm to the, to the, uh, into our lives, in the natural realm, where we live. I promise you, as a matter of fact, it is what we are saying. And you know, God sent his son Jesus. And that's the, that's the bridge between us and God. Yes, Jesus is the Word. John 1, one says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then Psalms 107.20, He sent His Word to heal them. There was a chasm there. There was a chasm, a, a canyon between God and us called sin. And God sent his word to span that chasm. God sent his word to reach us and we walk across that word or that bridge by confession of the Lord Jesus Christ and we become children of God. In other words, one of the most famous text of me passages, I will get to that in a moment, is in Matthew chapter 21. Romans 10 says it this way, verse 8 says, The word is near even in your hearts. The word is near even in your hearts. Now I want you to notice, I want you to notice the Bible, how the Bible will connect us. And the Bible uh, connects the mouth and the heart. Many times we find that in preaching the gospel through faith. That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And verse 10, For with the heart one believes, with, believes unto righteousness and with confession... Confession is made into salvation. Verse 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God reaches us, reaches us with his word. He sends his word to make a connection. And if we believe with our heart, we believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth, we will be saved. Now there's something that concerns me so much. Belief, yes. And the teaching I hear so many times over from preachers in all churches, there's very little about repentance that is mentioned. Oh, it's true that if we believe with our heart and we uh, believe that Jesus raised Christ from the dead, we will be saved. But It seems like so many are afraid Of mentioning repentance because people don't like to hear about their sins. And I, I know that it's been, these census have been taken with Billy Graham's team. I'm thinking one of the top census, uh, takers in this country. I keep thinking of the name. It should come to me, but it just doesn't come to me at this moment, but they've all come up with about the same answers. That only about 25% of professed Christians, only about 25% are really born-again Christians according to God's Word. That concerns me. Because I know that Jesus loves each and every one of them. I, I... This week, we've probably heard the news or some of us have seen it on, on the Internet and probably on the regular news. This young boy was walking with his father, and he had, he had a hold of his hand's father, and his father had a friend with him, too. But suddenly, the ch- six-year-old boy, he turned loose the father's hands and run into uh, some woods, like, and he thought the sun would come out, but he didn't. And uh he he was lost about six or seven days. There was hundreds of people that was looking looking for him. I think the FBI was involved and and the parents made pleas if someone had their son to bring him to, to bring him home. They found him. He's the cutest little boy. They found he's six years old, they found him dead. Uh Thursday I think it was. And I could just feel the pain of this father, this, this, this mother and father. And can you imagine multiply that millions of times with our Lord Jesus Christ? And one of the things I, Jesus came to save the world, not to condemn the world. So I don't think that we need to start planting guilt messages on people, but I do believe we should be convicted. And these two messages that I'm sharing with you, next week will be part two. It brought these some of these things I'm saying today about conviction to my heart, and I hope it will to yours. But the, one of the things that Jesus came to the world to save the world, not to condemn the world. I don't think we have to to, to start preaching the hell far. You're going to burn if you don't accept Jesus. I... I uh, I fell in love with Jesus. I had a pastor that talked about Jesus. And one of the things he, he showed me, my wife and I, both on the same night, we had had another pastor the, the, uh, the night before. That's when I was absolutely filled with guilt and the Holy Spirit was working with me. And, uh, and this pastor, the one before, he wanted to talk about, I actually believe, I'm not sure he believed in the Trinity. He thought there was a quorum. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and Him. I don't even remember Him mention of the Lord. He told me all the wonderful things He had done and accomplished. And when He left, I told my wife, I could have found more comfort from the friendly bartender down the street. And that's when I had a dream, and the Lord told us who to call. And the pastor to come out, that's the reason I'm here in this church today, the pastor's come out. He wanted to talk about the cross. He didn't say I, I found out later that he had if he wanted to brag, do a little brag, I and mean, he got much more to uh he'd been a foreign missionary in India and I don't know what all, but he didn't mention those things. He talked he talked to my wife and I about a savior that loved us. He talked to us, he described the cross to us, that there was justice, and there was mercy at the cross. And you know what? We wanted to repent when we realized how much that Savior loved us. I remember my wife asking him, said, you know, how can we remember every sin we've ever committed? I remember him saying, you know, the Lord knows we cannot unscramble eggs. Just those things, those things that would be a factor now, and uh something that, you know, is an obstacle between you and God. Confess those things. God, he will accept it. Today, friends, because of that teaching of the cross, it totally changed my life. It totally changed my life because I had a love relationship with with, with the Lord. And uh, today, when I get a little discouraged or something, I go back to the cross. I do that quite often during the week. Because that his love just reaches out to all of us. And I, I can see myself on that cross. And that tells me how much Jesus loves me. It tells me how much he loves you in each one of us. But I believe if we preach the cross, make that the first teaching, the first focus, when we have, after that, repentance. Something about repentance, genuine repentance, Brings back, brings about confession. But it does something else to you. Repentance means a total change. It means, yes, we were filled with guilt. We were filled with suffering because of our sins. And that calls for repentance. And Jesus stated how much he loves us from the cross in so many different ways. But I tell you, when it's genuine, there is a total of 180 degrees turned. We were walking in one direction, and we totally turned and we went the other direction. And every everyone at work knew what had happened. said, so what has happened at Glenn? He is a totally different person. And I can't emphasize the cross enough and the love that shines from there and the friendly arms of the cross that's still reaching out to accept all of those that will come. Jesus started his ministry. That was one of the first things, if you remember, Jesus had was baptized, then he went into the wilderness, and after 40, 40 days and he came out. And then the Bible says, in the King James Version, I think it's 417. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, the first thing he said was repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. When you know Jesus, the way that we should know him, when you realize what the love of God has done for you, repenting will be automatic. The Repentance calls for I believe, a total summons to a personal, absolute, ultimate, unconditional surrender to God. And I discovered something else. That Jesus not only takes us, changes us, but what, what happens to every believer when he speaks from his heart, what will come out of his mouth We'll go to Matthew 12, verse 33. Jesus speaking. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Because a tree is known by its fruit. Now, let me just explain that. The tree is a heart. The mouth is a fruit. The mouth is a fruit. And I'll show you that in verse 34. Jesus is talking to a generation of vipers, other words, Pharisees. Now, they had just criticized and condemned him, and, and uh, Jesus has said, he spoke to them, and he says, How can you, be, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasures of the heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth evil things. Verse 36, but I say unto you that every idle word, think about this, dear hearts, every idle word that a man speaks, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every evil word. Verse 37, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You want to know where your relationship with Jesus is genuine? Check the words. Check the words that come from your mouth. Because of time, I'm going to close this and then we'll pick up next week on part two. And I think part two is really more interesting because we're going to be talking about what our words do in our families. But today, you know, a professor tells this story. He's a university professor and uh, I don't know what state, but he was he and his wife are on vacation in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And he happened to look out... And they happened to notice that there was a very distinguished man that was shaking hands with different ones there at their tables. And the professor said to his wife, I hope that he doesn't come over here. He's uh, uh, probably some kind of a preacher. Well, he did come over. And he spoke to the, asked them where they were from. And he was so nice that, and he found out that he was a university professor and he knew that he worked with the youth. And he said, let me tell you, can I tell you a story? He said, see that mountain? And you could see a mountain from where they were setting. He said, there was a young boy that was lived over on the side of the mountain and grew up over there. And said, when when he would be, he didn't have a father. And he was so embarrassed when when." And they would ask him, people would ask him, adults would, Sonny, where's your daddy? He didn't have a father. He didn't know who his dad was. And, And it was so embarrassing to him that he didn't even want to go out because especially for those adults, I was going to ask him that question. And then one day he said there was a visiting preacher that came. And I guess his mother took him to church. And that young boy said he was so scared because everyone in church knew that he didn't know who his father was. And uh, he was so scared that the preacher was going to ask him who his dad was. And he said that they didn't get out fast enough. He wanted to get out before the preacher would get to him. But as he walked by the preacher, the preacher, the preacher reached down and put his hand on his shoulder. He said the forbidden word to him. He said, son, who's your daddy? And he said, "And, and this, this boy, he said, he knew that everyone in that church was wondering what his response would be because they knew that he didn't know his father. But before he could say anything, that preacher said, The familiarity. He says, So you're so familiar with your father. I know your dad. I know your dad. Your dad is God. You're the son of God. Let me tell you, that boy, I'm talking about the power of the spoken words, he was never the same again. He looked forward to someone saying, Sonny, who's your dad? He always had an answer. And he said, You know, that changed his life. And the pastor got up, the distinguished, wasn't the pastor, the distinguished man got up and he looked back at him and he said, you know, I don't know what I would have done if that preacher hadn't, hadn't said that to me. He said, it changed my life. The waitress came over. And she said, uh, they asked her, who was that gentleman? She said, if you were from Tennessee, you would know. And she named his name. He said, he's the former governor of the state of Tennessee. And he must have been a very special governor because she said, everyone in Tennessee just about knows his name. Friends, that's a par of the spoken word. That's a par that... That we have available every day of our lives if we would just speak those words. Let us remember our text. Life or death is in the power of our words. Life or death is in the power of our words. Thank you again, Father, for the wonderful of life. Thank you for one who knew the power of the cross in my life, and I know there's others that have experienced the same thing. May that power continue to work from our hearts through our lips, continue to speak and bring truth and love to those we come in contact with. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence, the power of your presence here today. In Jesus' precious name, amen.